that is a, that's quite an increase. And we've had some years that it's not been that much. This year it has been. We thank God for it. And he was sure getting some praying along about Wednesday morning when me and Carson and Ryan was going out those roads that seemed like they was about five miles long. We sure was doing some praying, wasn't we, Carson? Just waiting to get to the end. And every time you'd lift a vine up, they would be a whole bunch hanging, just grab them by the hands full, yank them off. Stand up and stretch you back. And... But God gave us the ability to do that. He gave us the strength to do that. He gave us the desire to do that. And most of all, He gave the increase. I can sow seeds in the ground all day long, but if God don't bless it, it ain't going to mean nothing. It ain't going to mean a hill of beans. <laughs> wow. Give God glory for that. Don't give Ken. I didn't know. That's, that's for Jesus. That's all for Jesus. The only notes I have is what some words mean, and I've got uh, some scripture here that I want to read. All right. Praise God. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Stop right there. Do you hear what that said? Hallelujah is exactly right, brother. All authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and in earth. Now the devil likes to take us down some roads sometimes thinking he's in control and sometimes we even talk like he is. But he ain't. According to that, it says that all authority has been given to Jesus. He made the statement, and let me tell you something today, we're in church today because of him. We give him glory because of him. We are able to be saved because of Jesus and what he did at the cross. And he overcame death in the grave. We have that to go on. All authority has been given to him. There is nothing. Sister Leona, there ain't nothing going on with Brother Berkeley that God ain't in control of. Do we believe that, church? Everything we have, every breath we breathe comes from him. Every time a revelation comes out of the Bible that you didn't get, it came from him. It was the Holy Spirit showing us. It was Him that was putting it in our hearts. A desire that you have to be whatever it is that you are in this life came from Him. He's the one that gives us the desires of our hearts. Brother Jesse's an electrician. Wake up. Did you see him throw his head up? He heard his name. No, he's reading. I'm just messing. God put that desire in the man's heart. The man, went. he's got his own business. My mind can't wrap around that. Because I've worked my whole life working for somebody for X number of dollars, getting paid, and yada, 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 yada. And to go out and say, you know, I've got to depend on God every day to send a job my way or we don't eat. Boy, that just... I'm letting you know where Ken is. Anybody else there with me? You know what I'm talking about. Any kind of fear. Any kind of fear that can come into us. It doesn't come from Jesus. Oh, he might warn us about some things, but he's not going to give us the spirit of fear. So, that's something else to pray for. Pray that this man and anybody else that you know 
will have business that they can continue on in the work. Oh, and I'm going to go somewhere else with you this morning. I'm not ashamed to say it. That they can come and they can give in the tithes and the offerings of the church. That they can give to Nepal and India. Whether they did or not, I don't know. That's between them and Jesus. But he has provided the way. Okay? Now, this is not a tithes and offerings message, okay? It's not about that. That, But all authority has been given to Jesus, and we have to believe that. Do you believe it this morning? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That's what we got to believe it. And that makes what we're going to finish reading a whole lot easier to chew up and swallow. I'll have to talk a little slower for Amadis because she don't understand good country English too well. See? She don't even know what I said. <laughs> They don't either, so there you go. That's why we got a Bible. We read that and we take it from there. Fill up about uh, 40 minutes of time and then we go home. (laughs) If it's about me, that's exactly what happens. But if it's him, work will be done. And now verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Wow. That is the command that he gave you and me. Not just the preachers, the guys in the suits. No, he gave that to believers. Everybody who is a follower of Jesus. Go to Mark 16 and 15. He said unto them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes, everybody says whoever believes, and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ today, I urge you before you leave this place to make it right with God. Don't leave here. There's not enough time in the day that you need to get right with Jesus. I promise you that. He will change your life, and it will be for the better. The world tells you it ain't. All the things that we do, but I promise you, if you'll follow Jesus, if you'll make Him Lord of your life, He will work on you until the day you check out from here. You are a work in progress, and every day you're getting better and better. You're getting more like Him. Amen? Ain't we thankful for that? Oh, the promises He makes. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Hmm. I didn't see no what ifs in my Bible. Do y'all got that in your Bible anywhere? Does it say what if, maybe, no maybes or anything? No, he says these things are going to happen. But I want you to first look at some of the wording that he uses in these two scriptures. If you got your finger in them, you can cut back and forth. In Matthew, he says, go into make disciples in all nations. In Mark, he says, go to all the world and preach. Now there's a difference here. Into all nations is the word of ethnos. That's Greek. You just learned some Greek this morning. 
What word do we have in the English language that sounds like ethnos? Ethnicity. Ethnic. Right. So, when he said to do this, he was telling us to go in to where? Everywhere. Not just continental places. He didn't call every one of us to pack up and leave. I mean, if we all went to India and everybody in India came here, you'd have the same thing. It'd just be a different nation with different people, right? You'd have different land, different continent. But he, he was looking ahead. You see, this morning we've got some ethnic groups in this church this morning. And he said, for who to go? Us. Those who, what? Believe. So if we believe what he's telling us, and we are believers, then we go to everybody. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter what they're made of, what color their skin is, what their culture is about. What matters is, is that we go to them. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. So, we have Sister Amadis back here, Charlie's lady friend. And she's Latino. If you can't say her name, call her Jill, Julie. I can't remember. Which is it? Julie. I see. I just call you by your name as best I can get it out. But she is of a different ethnic group. Big Mike is of a different ethnic group. Different from who? All depends on where you're at, right? Many of us came from other places around the world. Our ancestors came from other places around the world, right? Sister Denise and her mama, they're Jewish, right? And so he said to go to all these nations, all these different ethnic groups, and tell them the gospel. Tell them the good news. What he was saying in essence is, is the gospel is for everybody. And we know that living in America, the melting pot of the world, we don't have to go too far to find different ethnic groups, do we? I mean, we're all here. Her mother, she came from California. Now she's in uh, Charlotte, and now she comes here on weekends. She's with us. She's reaching out to who she can reach out to. We're reaching out to who we can reach out to, and we sit here and worship together every Sunday, and we all live in the same neck of the woods. Amen? So we don't have to go to the other side of the world to take this message to the different ethnic groups. We certainly can't be bigoted about it. Otherwise, we take that word and we make it false. That'd be worth an amen right about there. If it's in your heart, it'd be worth it. But over in the other part of Scripture we read, he said to go to all nations. Now that's a different word. It's called, uh, I'm away from my notes. Help me, Lord. I ain't going back. He'll give it to me here in just a second. 
No, it didn't help. Oh, you couldn't remember it. It's called Caruso. Like Robinson Caruso, it's not spelled the same. But it's Caruso. And what it gives is it gives the idea of get a load of this. Going to different governmental politics, different ways, different ways of thinking. Um, your circle of friends. That's the best way to say it. He's saying go in now to all these different people groups, these different societal groups. And we work, right? We go to jobs and we work with people and a whole bunch of them don't know about Jesus, don't care about Jesus, but they need the Word. And so, when you said yes to Jesus, you became a missionary. Did you know that? And so, he said, I want you to go to this mission field. Wherever you're at, wherever your circle of influence is, your sphere of friends, that's who you reach with the gospel. Not everybody's going to get it. And this is where the trip comes. The trip, not, a, not taking a trip, but the trip up. The trip up comes when we start sharing Jesus with people and nothing happens. We grow weary and well-doing, and then we all of a sudden slip into our shell and say, well, I'm making it to heaven, and I don't know about everybody else. Jesus didn't say to go there, did he? He said we're to go. And so your circle of friends, your co-workers, they don't even have to be your friends. Man, these people that wouldn't my friends that know Jesus now, now we're friends and brothers. They weren't my circle of friends. We have the community that we reach out, that we try to reach. But he says, go to the world. And when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to becoming a missionary. And let me ask you, why does he want you to go? Brother Danny, why does he want you to go? Sister Susie, why does God want you to go? Put your name in there and say, why does God want me to go? I'm of the belief that it's one reason and one reason alone. You already have relationship there. Or the relationship has been established. You ever went and knocked on doors to tell people about Jesus and invite them to church? I'm going to tell you now, that method don't work anymore. It might have used to work. It don't work anymore. Because people don't even come to the door anymore. If they don't know you, they don't come. So now it has to be something else. We can't just say that God's not working anymore, that He's moving away. No, it has to be doing something else. And what He put in the Word is the something else. It's always been there. It's never been this way or that way. It is to go to your group of friends. It is to go to people regardless of what race they are, regardless of what ethnic group they are, regardless of what cultural backgrounds that they may have, we're to go. We're to give them the gospel. Now, giving them the gospel doesn't mean they're going to get it. Giving them the gospel simply says they had the opportunity. And the Bible tells us not to cast our pearls under the feet of the swine, to be trampled underfoot. He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about the, the gospel. 
what Jesus can do. And we give it, and there will be some that will receive, and there will be some that won't. And He may tell you to go back to somebody, but you don't have to. That's why we have to follow the leading of the Spirit. All authority has been given to Him, and He already knows. He knows who is ripe and ready. You see, I picked beans this week. And some of them were still a little bitty short. Anybody want any beans? This ain't no joke. Do you want some beans? You can come pick them. There's a few left. It's getting bigger. They're growing. Because I'm about done with beans. Oh, praise God. But you pick the ones that's ripe and ready. Right? You pick them too early, they'll never grow because they're away from the vine. Nothing happens. And so, He knows. He knows who is ripe and ready. And you may have went to somebody in 1975 and tried to tell them about Jesus, and they said, absolutely not. And if you didn't feel the prompting of the Spirit no more, you didn't have to go back to them. You did what Jesus said to do. But now here in 2015, He says, go back to Him. You better do what He says. And tell them the Gospel. It's easy to find and it's easy to know. He says, he says to preach. And to preach means to claim or to declare, to announce. A herald or a messenger. You see, we represent Jesus Christ. The herald and the messenger back in the old days, would, the king would call him in and say, come in here, I've got a message for the people. And the guy would go in with his little notebook and piece of paper and he would sit down. You know, he had an audience with the king. Not everybody in the kingdom got that. But he would call him in and he'd say, now this is what I want you to declare. I want you to declare. And he starts writing it down. And not only that, he got to have conversation with the king. You know, back in the old days, you didn't get to talk with the king. We don't get to talk to our president now anyway. And he don't listen if we do. But... You get to have that conversation. Ain't no woe to it. That's the truth. Come on now. He ain't going to listen to anything a Christian's got to say. Get off of that bandwagon. That's not what I'm talking about. You had that audience with the king, meaning if he said something, you were able to talk back with him and to communicate to know whether or not you had what he wanted to say right. You wrote it down. And then you would go out and you'd make a proclamation. The heralds, you ever heard of the heralds? You'd go out and you'd make that proclamation. Thus saith the king. That's the old English. They say it different nowadays. Here's what the king has to say, y'all. Says the same thing, right? But he goes out and he tells what the king had to say. Not only that, by spending time with the king, he got to not only just hear these words, he got to get the emotion from him. You understand? When the king would raise his voice, or he was very passionate about something, that also went inside of that herald, that preacher, the one that was supposed to give. And, it, and he would, when he would be able to come out and start proclaiming this message to the people, he would be able to not only say the exact wording that he wanted, but he was able to convey the feeling that was coming from the king so that the people would get it, right? Not just a written document. That's what the preacher does, to preach the gospel. By the way, who is those people? 
Everybody raise your right hand. I'm facing you, so I'm making it look like right. If you're saved today, that's you. That's you. And you see, if you don't spend time in the Word and you don't spend time in prayer, then there's no way in the world you can know what the King is trying to proclaim. What He has to say to this local body probably ain't the same thing that's being said ten miles out the road. Stomp your head and shake your foot. Are you with me a little bit? Sleep yet? (laughs) So that's what the preacher is to do. We're to go out and to proclaim. We have to know the gospel. We have to know that God wants every soul saved. We have to know that He said these signs would follow. What a privilege it is to be able to serve the King, to be able to have that audience with Him. Amen? Amen. Don't you get excited because you have audience with God Almighty? Oh my. That's to proclaim the truth. You see, the reason that it's for all of us, there's some, road, there's some houses I can pull up in right now, they like to pull a gun out and start shooting. But you're the one that is in that particular place at that particular time and you may receive something this morning or you've received it at another time and what happens is is now he's wanting you to take it to them. You already have the relationship. It's not going to take root unless the Holy Spirit's working. Anybody that don't believe in the Holy Spirit working, they're not going to receive the gospel. They're not going to receive the truths that's in the Bible. Hello? I can proclaim it all day long, but until the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to take root, it's not going to grow, and it's not going to be nurtured. So he sends them out and he says what? And these signs will accompany those who what? Believe. In my name they will drive out demons. When's the last time you saw a good demon drove out? Anybody? I want to hear a testimony this morning. We've got 80 some years worth of church people sitting here. Somebody has to know something about some demons being drove out. There's nothing in that word that says that that ended in the first century church. There's nothing in that word that says that the demons ain't working today. Look at what happened in America three weeks ago. Look at what's going on in America now. Look at what's going on inside of churches now who are starting to go with the ways of the world just so they can keep the people coming through the door. You know what I'm talking about? You want to tell me that Jesus had something to do with that? You want to tell me that the Holy Ghost had something to do with that? No, I'm going to tell you what has something to do with it. It's called the demons of hell. It's what the devil does. And he is the one that is getting into the hearts and the minds of the people. And we don't get excited about Jesus no more. We just go along to get along. When's the last time that you heard about demons being drove out? I'm asking you about the Word here this morning. Don't it say that? Does your Bible say that? Anybody's Bible say anything different? They will cast out devils. If you believe, you expect it, right? 
I remember one time mommy and daddy got me a present and they, I was expecting I was going to get it. I believed that I was going to get it. I was excited about going to get it. I got it too, by the way. But I expected that it was going to happen. I just knew that it was going to happen. And he says this, to those who believe, these signs will follow. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. In this day and age, that's something that scares people away. But that's not what was going on in the first century church. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, whenever the Holy Ghost came down, they spoke in new tongues. Here you had a bunch of Galileans that weren't educated, didn't know anything, but yet when they sought God, waited on God, received what God had to give, they came out speaking in tongues. And the Bible says that everybody heard them in their own language. By the way, it doesn't say they spoke another language. It says they heard them in their own language. So I'm going to be of the, of the opinion here, and this happened to me. I'm going to share with you what happened. I was down at the Spanish uh, camp about, oh, I don't know, eight or seven, eight years ago, nine years ago, me and Brother Gene and Josh and some of us, we went down there after Wednesday night church, and these people were speaking Spanish, and the lady that was preaching, she was speaking Spanish, but you could feel the anointing. I've been around a lot of Spanish-speaking people. I lived in northern Virginia, man. I knew how to tell them to take their socks and shoes off and to put their hands up, those kinds of things like that. That's all I knew. But I knew the language. I could hear the language. I could pick it out and know what it was. And I remember that the Holy Spirit led me to a young man who was wanting to be prayed for that night. He was laying in the floor at the church down here in this tabernacle. And I don't know what came over, but I know that there was something coming out of my mouth. And what was coming out of my mouth, it was not Spanish. But I know this, that boy heard what I had to say because he told me through a translator later on when we was eating some ice cream out there under the big trees and he said, you told me about these things. He was going to kill himself. He was from New York City and he was going to kill himself before he came to this camp. And I said something that struck a chord with him. I didn't say it, but God said it. And so I've got to ask you, if you don't believe in speaking in tongues and driving out devils, then what do you believe in? It's in the Word of God. And it changes not. Amen? If you believe, you will expect. If you, hey, I love that thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Hey, you just spoke in tongues. I'm not trying to poke fun. You understand what I'm trying to say. That is a universal language for praising God. Chinese, Japanese, Spanish, English. It doesn't matter. Hmm. But you have to follow the leading of the, of the Spirit. And you've got to expect it. To them that believe. If you believe something, you expect it. Amen? If you don't believe it, you don't expect it, He can't use you. So we got 80 years worth of people and ain't never seen a demon drove out. How many of you believe in speaking in tongues? Don't raise your hands. Raise your hands. Your hands. Your hands. If your hands. If you don't want to, that's up to you. I believe in the power of the Spirit. I asked you that question so that you could stand up for Jesus. That's your choice whether you're going to stand up or not. You don't just say it because you want to. No. Do you believe it? 
It doesn't matter what you say. It's do you believe it. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? If you believe it. To them that believe, these signs will follow. They will take up serpents. We know that Paul, in, the, in Acts chapter 28, on the Isle of Malta, he goes in there and he gets ready to throw some wood on the fire and picks up this firewood, and all of a sudden a viper bites him on the hand. Now, he ripped it off and threw it in the fire and went on about his business. Now that showed something to these people. There was some power going on there. Now he didn't do like the folks in Appalachia do. You know what I'm talking about? They got the little thing sitting over here and they got the snakes and all the kinds of poisonous snakes and to show their faith, they'll go pick them up and handle them. I don't think that's what God meant. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I'm going to stand before God for what I'm telling you. I know that's not what He meant. Because we're not to tempt God. But what happened with him is exactly what he was talking about. If I send you to this place, I send you to these people, and if some of these things was to come about and happen, you're going to be okay. Now folks, we walk around with a great deal of fear in our lives, don't we? Hello? We walk around with a lot of fear in our lives because we got so much wisdom and knowledge about medicine and doctors and yada, yada, yada. We get scared about anything. But now these people, they went out and did what had to be done. They believed what Jesus told them. They believed. They didn't just say they believed. It act, they acted upon it. And so we see what happened with Paul when he got bit. Nothing happened to him. This was a viper. This was a snake that should have killed the man. But it didn't. Expect it. If they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them. Folks, when I was over in India a few years ago, they put some stuff on the plate. I'm going to tell you now, you do some real praying. You don't go through the motions like you do at your supper table. No, you look at it and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> and you do some praying. You really want the food to be blessed. It ain't, you ain't lip service to Jesus. No, God, you better bless us because if you don't, it's probably going to kill me. It has to be blessed. And I made it just fine. I made it just fine. Now that wasn't of the Holy Spirit because that was drawing attention to me. And that wasn't of Him. I wanted you to know that. Because He'll never draw attention to Ken or any one of you or anybody else. He will always draw attention to Jesus. But if you was to happen to drink something, oh, by the way, these same people who handle the snakes, they do the same thing with the, you know, the skull and the bones on it, drink it up. Tempting God. But if you're out about his business, and any of this stuff was to come about, you're going to be okay. Because he said he's going to look out for you. Amen? Does that, is that, do we, can we count on those promises from God? Amen. Oh, he also said something else. Another thing that if they believe, what was it? That they'll lay their hands on people and pray for the sick and they will recover. Now, I don't know how you look at it, but I see what's going on in Brother Berkeley's life. I see this as a step. Now, God can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants. Amen? When we start sticking Him in the box, God moves out. He goes to the next county. 
And you can worship whatever it is you've got in your mind, but it ain't God. And you pray to him, and he can't answer you because he's just a mythical creature that you're praying to, one that you've created in your image, one of them is in the likeness that you want him to be. We have to take that whole Bible for what it is and what it says. So I know that God can touch Berkeley right now if we talk, and he could be here tonight. And he's here with, Does anybody else believe that today? Yes, I believe he can. And I also know sometimes he works over time. I don't know why. I don't know. And ain't nobody else going to tell you they know why. Because we don't know the ways of God. His ways are so far and high above ours. We can't comprehend. And the very minute we get up on our high horse and figure we got God figured out, he'll pull that horse out from under you and let you figure out you don't got nothing figured out. It's all about Jesus. It has to be about Jesus. Day in and day out. These signs will follow them that believe. Now we've been preaching and going on. Hey, somebody dropped a quarter. Preacher got paid. Here, give that to your baby, Danny. Get it later. These signs and wonders will follow. Why? Not to make a particular group, not to make a particular preacher, not to make a particular day to mean anything. Brother Gary Vernon's preaching a healing message, but can I tell you something before you get up and go? That message and that healing that's going to happen in that service on that night, it ain't about Brother Gary. It's about God. If he don't submit to God, he's going to preach a message, and a lot of people are going to take a little bit pieces of Bible and stand up and shout and run through the building, and God won't touch nobody. And if he's looking for glory and other people's looking to give him glory, it ain't going to be God because he will not share his glory with no one. But I'm telling you today, if you'll show up on Friday night to the healing service, why do I say that? Because I believe that God laid it in the hearts of the men and women who were praying for this convention that's coming up. That's going to be the time he's going to touch some people. And you need healing in your body? It's an out-of-church night? Show up. Saturday morning. Thank you. I told you I have to carry stuff and look at it. Did you hear that? Saturday morning. What's the time on it? 10 o'clock that morning. I was thinking it was Friday night for some crazy reason. Saturday morning. You need to be touched by God. Show up and expect and believe and know that He will be able to touch you. And I believe you will receive. Don't go, well, I'm going to see if this is true or not, because that is not believing. Go and accept what Jesus says. Go and accept what God wants to do. These signs will follow those who believe. The key word there is believe. We can talk our church statements and doctrinal statements all we want. But I'm going to tell you, and I'm the first one to say it, as pastor of this church, we've seen God do some touching. There's some touching I know about. Some of y'all don't know about addictions and things like that. Have over, people have been able to ask God touching and working. And they don't want to share it with everybody else. They don't want to. Maybe, maybe they feel you can't handle it. I don't know. But I know some things that God has done. And I'm telling you that. For them, they know it. We've seen people healed 
within this place. And this is not just about healing. There's some other things that's written down there. Amen? Yeah, there's some other things written down in here that these signs will follow those that believe. Why? So that we'll know that the truth, we can know that God is real. Come to Jesus and He will set you free. Amen? And by the way, you don't have to go searching for demons. You know, don't, don't, we don't do that. But I'm telling you, they work. Anything that's going on in your life, anything that's got a hold of you, ask yourself this question. Is what I'm doing and what I'm living, is it bringing honor or is it bringing disgrace to Jesus? You can only answer that for yourself. Is what I'm doing, is it, am I picking out a little piece of something about church that I like? And I call that God working? And it has to be this and only this and this and only this? Can I tell you something? He's a lot bigger. Put him in the box and he might just work inside that box. And if you ain't in the box, he may not work on you. So if you'll stand to your feet this morning. Preacher done gone long again, didn't he? I can't even see you that far. Huh. That's the box right there, folks. You hear what I said? That is the box. God, you got an hour and 15 minutes. God says, no, I've got all the time I need. What about you? That's what he says. What about you? Loved ones need to be prayed for. We need to be prayed for. And I'm going to invite you this morning to come up and pray so that God can use you. So that when you take that gospel message to your loved ones, signs and wonders can follow. Not so I can get a pat on the back or you can get a pat on the back. No, this has to be about Jesus getting all the glory. Signs and wonders. And I, I just read it to you. That's exactly what it says, and it says almost the same thing in the King James. And I can't read Greek, and a modern so might have to help me with the Spanish, but I am sure it says the same thing. These signs and wonders will accompany those that believe. Amen? You need something from Jesus today. Come forward and receive what he has for you.